For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The Canes work it back into the Ranger zone, but turn back the other way. Vetrano into the hurricane zone. Goes cross ice for Zabanajet. He's looking for Kreider out in front. Anderson with the save and then it'll bounce in. As Keandre Miller jumped up from his defensive position. And the puck gets through Anderson and the Rangers get on the board first. Now Ajo will play it along the boards. Svechnikov pulls away from Fox. Svechnikov across. Shot put on and Shesterkin with a save. Rebound to score! Banked in off of Shesterkin below the goal line. Oh, that's the magic for Andre Svechnikov. Ajo to Jarvis is in and he'll score! Oh, what hand Seth Jarvis! And the Hurricanes take a 2-1 lead. One minute, two seconds into the third. Shea tries to get through, but his stick breaks. And then on the rebound, they'll score! The captain stays on fire. Jordan Stahl hammers one from the tops of the circles. His 14th of the year. It's a two-goal cushion. 3-1 Carolina. Will skate in. He tries to go in, puts a move on it. Anderson with a save. Miller with a follow-up. Second chance. That goes over the top of the net as Strom was all alone in the slot. Now penalty coming up to the Canes. Miller's shot goes off the side of the boards. 15 seconds left here at Madison Square Garden. First place on the line in the Metro Division. Canes batted up to Svechnikov. He's got Ajo. He takes aim. Bingo! Sebastian Ajo, his 34th of the year, puts the Canes up 4-2. Good night, New York. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to Canes Corner Podcast. I'm Adam Gold. That was the Carolina Hurricanes at their best in the third period. At their absolute best in the third period. And they had to win a period to win a game. They won the third, as they kind of have done most of the year. And they get a big win at Madison Square Garden and take a four-point lead over the Rangers. You know, they talk about four-point games. It's what it was. You lose that game, and for 40 minutes, it looked like the Hurricanes are on their way to a loss, even though it was even in terms of the scoreboard. You win that game. It's a four-point cushion. You lose it. It's even. And there are only eight games left in the season. I'm not saying it's hard to make up four points. There, You can make up four points. The Hurricanes can uh, come home against Detroit and wet the bed and then go to Colorado, and all of a sudden you're back to even. So, long way to go, but a huge third period, uh, really from the usual suspects, if you will, the one line and the top line. And that's what that's what that's the the headline of this game. One line and top line getting it done. 
And by the way, Freddie Anderson, very good. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Go check out Sammy Hanna and his crew. If you want to make your home more beautiful on the outside, more energy efficient on the inside, aluminumcompany.com. So many good things about this game. I uh, don't even know where to start. First 40 minutes, kind of like a rope-a-dope, right? I mean, the Rangers did to the Hurricanes what the Hurricanes, for the most part, have done almost on a nightly basis this entire season. Dominated the puck. Didn't Carolina didn't have scoring chances. They had a few. Uh, but I mean, it's hard to it's hard to be ready to score when you never have the puck. The Rangers had the puck the entire first two periods. And I think it's a testimony to just how good Carolina is in their structure, uh, in their defensive mindset that the Rangers didn't have a bunch of scoring chances. Because, again, they were there, but I don't think that they were so amazing that Freddie Anderson, like I didn't put give Freddie Anderson one of my stars. Freddie was good, but Freddie didn't have to be great. He only needed to be solid. And honestly, Kane's got a couple of breaks. Panarin coming around the goal. Uh, if he's able to uh, wrap it around, it's an easy goal because Freddie wasn't anywhere close to the post, uh, but he threw it in front, and Hurricanes had sticks there. Made the play that much more difficult. Uh, so there were plenty of opportunities for the Rangers to score. Freddie didn't have to be great. He only had to be uh, solid. And we've seen this for the Hurricanes, against the Hurricanes this year. Like, there's only been a handful of games, legitimately a handful of games, where Carolina, I feel like Carolina was beaten by the goaltender. That's it. There's only been a, like, to me, the biggest one was Marc-Andre Fleury a week ago, two weeks ago, however long ago it was, against Minnesota. Flurry won that game. Uh, you might actually go back to the Gorgiev game, where Carolina loses to the Rangers at home 2-0. They dominated the game. Rod Brindamore said today it might have been their best game of the year. I'm not going to argue. I didn't think Carolina was... Uh, I didn't think Gorgiev had to go bananas to win that game. Uh, I, thought the, I thought the Hurricanes kind of helped him out a little bit. Either way, uh, tonight was a game where... Carolina rope doped their way to 40 minutes. They were not very good. Well, it's not, the, not that they weren't very good. I thought the Rangers were outstanding in the first 40 minutes. But it was 1-1. And then the Hurricanes played an elite third period. So, sometimes it's all you need. And it's hockey, man. Hockey's a weird game. I, would also, I, I have said this before. Hockey is stupid. I mean, if we were scoring that fight, the Rangers were the better team tonight. But the Hurricanes were the better team and cashed in in the third. And that's what you need to know. They own the third. Again, much like they have all year long, they're like plus 30 in third period scoring. I'll get that number uh, to, um, to make it official. But they have been so good in the third period all year long that that's what it came down to. And not that the Rangers aren't good in the third period. The Hurricanes, hi, 
plus 30. I didn't I did did them no justice. The Hurricanes are 95 for 54 against in the third period. They are plus 41 in the third period this year. The Rangers have been very good. The Rangers are uh, plus, well, now they were minus two. Uh, so the Rangers are plus 31. The Hurricanes are plus 41 in the third period. And that's really what this came down to tonight. Came down to the third period because the Rangers allowed it to come down to the third period. Or maybe the Hurricanes made it come down to the third period. There was a lot of puck management problems uh, for the first 40 minutes. More so in the first period than the second period. I thought you could sense a little bit of a change when Svechnikov banked the goal in off Shesterkin from behind the net. So a little bit of a change there. Uh, and maybe Carolina started to carry some momentum into the locker room. But, you know, you sit around for 18 minutes and you don't know if the momentum's coming back with you. But it did. Carolina got to it early. They got the goal early, tied it up, or rather went ahead early, and then assumed control of the period. And I don't know if that happens if they don't get the early goal. I'd like to think it would because I think that's the mindset Carolina came out of the locker room with. Uh, but a phenomenal, phenomenal third period. Lots to do. Going to break down uh, the goals, uh, the good and the bad. Actually, didn't think there was a ton bad. Even the goals that were allowed, I didn't think were uh, were awful. Although the first goal uh, might have been avoidable, uh, but we'll do all of that after we talk to my friend Corey Lavalette. Corey Lavalette, North State Journal at Corey Lav on Twitter joins us on the Morning After podcast. I appreciate your time, sir. Uh, before we get to the particulars of the game. Uh, Right after Andre Svechnikov delivered the bolo hit to uh, Lindgren uh, behind the Rangers' goal, uh, you uh, you tweeted out a little tease of a story. You want to tell us what you're writing about? Oh, I just um, yeah. Thanks for mentioning that. I just uh, I wrote a little something up for uh, for tomorrow's print edition that uh, just about how Andre's uh, upped his physicality uh, the, in in the last. Uh, you know, 40 or so games, and uh, it, it hasn't come uh, with any kind of drop-off in his production. You know, he's, he's been able to add more physica- physicality while uh, still producing, and at the same time, he's taken a lot, a lot fewer penalties, uh, and he's doing it in those games where he gets physical, in games where he has four or five hits, he's not taking penalties. Those aren't the games that he's, uh, you know, making those, you know, bad decisions and, and you know, both Rod and, and Jacob Slavin recently, and even Andre talked about how he's he's getting smarter about um, not retaliating, or or at least retaliating within the uh, within the rules. So, uh, like the Shattenkirk hit, hit the other day, right? So, uh, so yeah, that's basically what it's about. But uh, uh, I thought it was it was a worthy topic because I feel like he's really uh, he's really elevated uh, that portion of his game. He's always been willing to be physical, but. Um, yeah, really taking it to a to a, a high level right now. I think. All right, so let's 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 like kind of dice through this game uh, first. The, to I mean, for forty minutes, the Rangers were the better team. I really, I don't know if Carolina was bad because they had. It wasn't like they didn't have any energy because if they didn't have any energy, the Rangers might have had might have had six goals. They had the puck for the entire first forty minutes. It seemed. Uh, so I thought Carolina did enough to keep it at one, 
I don't I don't think Freddie had to stand on his head and the Rangers had the puck so much. Penalty kill was great. Uh, what did you make of the first 40 minutes and it just being 1-1? I, I didn't mind the, the second period nearly as much as the first. The first, just the the sloppiness in the in the defensive zone with, yeah. with clears was... Uh, it, w- it was almost like something you, could, you couldn't make up. That was, you know, if you took that period, you could make a, a blooper reel just out of those <laughs> failed, failed clearing attempts. You know, yeah. usually, you know, you get those 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 hit you know they have the the best hits of the year and they they're taken from ten different games. If you wanted to make a uh, worse turnovers in the defensive zone, you could have just sampled out the first period. So I I didn't mind the second as much as the first. I mean it wasn't great, but I didn't feel like it was terrible. Right. Um. But uh, you know, didn't didn't mind that as much. But um, yeah, and then obviously they 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 turned it around a bit. But um, it. I, I tweeted this out. It, it felt to me a little bit like game one of a playoff series, like maybe not on the physicality level, but as far as two teams that uh, haven't seen each other for a while, maybe aren't overly familiar. Rod said after the, after the game that they, I think the team was a little surprised that um, with the way the Rangers were, uh, you know, were being in the offensive zone, as far as their forecheck, maybe not being as aggressive as they thought because, you know, if you look at it, the Hurricanes had chances to get those pucks out, and right. it was almost like it was rushed. And I think maybe the Rangers threw them a little curveball with that, where uh, you know maybe the maybe the pre scout wasn't the same as the as as what the Rangers threw at them. So, um, but you know they figured it out, and then uh, you know, like you said, Svechnikov's big hit kind of wakes everyone up a bit, and then he manages to score a weird one, and then off we go. Yeah, I, th- I, d- I thought the momentum from the goal really, really kind of turned the game around. Now, look, the the penalty kill was great. They went three three for three in the first two periods. That's that's huge because not only didn't you have the puck, then you put them on the man advantage uh, three times to your one. Uh, and Carolina's power play wasn't nearly as uh, pretty looking without a goal tonight as it was against Anaheim because I thought it was really good against Anaheim without a goal. Um, but the penalty kill was good. Anderson was solid. He didn't have to be amazing. He made some good saves, but he didn't have to be amazing. Um, but then in the third period, and doesn't it always seem to start with, I'm going to make this a thing, the one line, the stall line. Doesn't it always seem to start with them? Heavy shift. Nino uh, interrupts the play. He's off the ice. I don't even think he's on the ice when Jarvis scores, uh, but they kind of set the table for the Yahoo line. What a, I mean, what an amazing line that's become. I mean, it, it started at the beginning of the year and everyone was like, wow, look at this line go. And, yeah. you know, you maybe don't think that that's going to last for the whole year. You know, lines have ebbs and flows in them, but Lord, that line has been good. And I, you know, I'm just shocked by it. And then I, you know, we talk about Jacob Slavin all the time with penalties. I noticed tonight that Jesper Fuss has four penalty minutes this year <laughs> but playing in a in what is essentially a, a checking line role right. even though they seem to have the puck all the time four penalty minutes he's a, one of two players in the whole league who's played more than 60 games and and has only four penalty minutes so um you know he's he's the understated part of that line and on a night that was kind of about him a little you know along with three other guys um you know nice for that line to get rewarded even if he was the one scoring but uh, the three of them t- together are just, uh, you know, Setch said after the 
after the Anaheim game that Jordan's a machine. Yes. And it, it's not just Jordan, it's that whole line. And they're going to be fun to watch in the playoffs. Can you imagine dealing with that for, and I mean, this is, and this is a road game too. So, yeah. you know, you know, the opposition's able to avoid them to the best of their ability. And still they're finding a way to create chaos and just uh, tilt the ice. Just really, uh, just really impressive. <laughs> they're so, they're so, so good. I mean, it's uh it's scary how good they are. Yeah, you know, it, it, <laughs> Rod, I, I, I love to almost tee Rod up to roll his eyes about Jordan. Um, mm-hmm. He won 35 games without a goal. 35. He's got 12 goals now in his last 30 games. So he's become like, um, he's become the goal scorer again. Sort of like he was <laughs> last year. Um, but that line, but even when he wasn't scoring, the the analytics tell tell told us that he was generating scoring chances. So it wasn't. So he's not putting the puck in. But meanwhile, Nino, who's played almost the entire year with him, and it, it's not like Nino's been scoring a ton of power play goals. Nino's got twenty two. Mm-hmm. Jesper Fast, who's played a little bit with other in, in other situations, but. Jesper Faust has, what, a dozen, close to his career high. And now Stahl's got, what, was it 13? 14? 14 now. 14 goals? So Uh, that line has become a pretty good, productive offensive force. Yeah, I mean, they're great. I mean, it's funny, you think 14 goals, and you think, well, that's that's pretty good. You know, you'll you'll take that any day of the week from Jordan Stahl. But he's got the same number of goals as Seth Jarvis, and everyone salivates over Seth Jarvis' offense. And uh, here comes Jordan just plugging along. And uh, But the, the last, you know, month for him, you know, I, I joked with, with some of the other other people who were at practice, you know, the the fire alarm went off a while back when he first got on his on his first kind of roll after he finally scored and then he got on the roll. The fire alarm had gone off uh, in during interviews. And it was, we were with Brady Shea and Brady Shea said, uh, you know, we were talking about Jordan. And he's like, he's hot. You know, he's on fire. You know, he joked about it. And then, sure enough, at practice last week, it went off again, and now Jordan Stahl's going off. <laughs> I mean, it's it it makes sense. Yeah, so, uh, twelve goals in his last in his last thirty games. He's just been uh, he's just been amazing. He was great again tonight, uh, and I thought that really from the middle of the second period on, um, the Ajo line looked like they were going. And to me, they were their they were Carolina's best line in the second period, uh, and they were I thought also great in the third. Um, and I, I've I've called Aho like um, he's like gumbo. It's like you know you know at first your first spoonful of gumbo, it's not really spicy, but by like the fourth or fifth <laughs> spoonful, you go oh my gosh, where's the water? Get me a piece of bread, and he just kind of grows on you. It, he doesn't necessarily wow you all the time, but I, when he's playing well, he's just awesome. And he's so cerebral that, you know, again, we get back to talking about the postseason, but he's not the kind of guy that teams are going to figure out over the course of a seven-game series because he does everything right. It's it's not that it's, uh, you know, I, I remember when P.K. Subban came into the league and he, he had a couple spinoramas in his first couple playoff games and then, 
his third game, he tried it again, and they figured out, oh, he only spins one way, and they knocked him on the backside. Right. And Ajo's, there's not, there's not a whole lot of, I mean, there, there certainly are some magnificent plays, but it's, it's a lot of meat and potatoes of just, you know, it's, it's, it's Jordan Stahl's game in the same way, right? I mean, yeah. it's uh, with, with a higher skill level, and it's just, um, you know, if we, could, uh, if we could merge them together and make, and make Ajo, uh, you know, six foot three and 240 pounds, we'd have uh, the second coming of Eric Lindros. It's, it's that, they're, they're both that good at what they do. So, but Ajo's got like a career high in hits, doesn't he? Yeah, he's physical. He's feisty. He's a, I mean, nobody, I don't think anyone in the league uses leverage, except for maybe Nathan Gerby, who like, plays a physical game too, uses leverage the way Ajo does. I mean, it, you watch him in the corner, and he doesn't lose a whole lot of battles, and it doesn't matter, you know, who he's in there against. You know, I asked him about that when he got, he got in front of the net against Jara. And I said, you know, what are you, what are you doing to make sure you're, you're still there? You know, you're giving up who knows how many pounds there, right. you know? And uh, he just said, oh, you know, that's where you have to be and whatever, whatever. And, you know, he, he's got a way of just planting himself in those positions and using his leverage and just watch him do things like that. And it's uh, it's really impressive. Just like I said, just a, such a smart, smart player. Yeah. That, that, that gets lost a bit in everything. It's just how smart he is. 72 hits on the season for, uh, for Ajo. Although I have no idea what a hit is. I mean, it could be anything. Like I look at the analytics, I look at naturalstatric dot com, and uh, sometimes I go, "What are you guys watching?" <laughs> I mean, who's who's judging any of this? So I'm not even sure. I just uh, you're you're probably just better off going uh, by honestly by what you see if you if you know what you're watching, um, mm-hmm. and then just go wait till the end of the season and then see how it all adds up. It's probably uh, kind of a safety in numbers. Uh, type of thing. Did you notice? Like, I have been. I don't even think it's unduly because I don't. I think he's deserved it. I've been very critical of Martin Natchez, but I thought Marty played maybe the smartest third period he has played all year. There were times where Marty would have either attempted a shot or tried to pass the puck in the middle of the zone uh, or done something else stupid. And Natchez just kept getting the puck behind the net and going down and hunting pucks down. He thought he played a physical game. Um, I'm I'm hoping that what I saw in the third period, and I don't think I'm making it up. I thought Natchez made a bunch of good plays because I think he's the kind of a guy, you know, like an X factor for them, that when they get to the postseason, if he has a good postseason, I think the Hurricanes will have a good postseason. Yeah, and you know... um... Uh, another thing that, you know, there's plenty of things that get lost along the way. And another thing that gets lost is what a good penalty killer he's become. Yep. And uh, he had a shift tonight where he he forechecked against four guys and, and actually brought, got the puck at one point and, you know, ran off a bunch of time just by being smart. You know, he, he had the puck, he dumped it behind the net, like you said, uh, and then, you know, used his speed to, to pressure and, and delay uh, you know, delay them getting set up for a breakout. And, uh, you know, there are times where you're just like, that's, that's the guy they need. And, you know, we know all the skill is there. You know, right. we know the one-timer, we know the speed, we know the hands, we know the passing, all of that stuff. And when that's not happening, it, it can be disappointing as a, as a viewer because you see just the, the skill oozing out of this kid. Um, 
But, you know, back to what we said about Jordan Stahl and, and Sebastian Ajo, the most important thing is, is playing smart, you know, and, you know, Svechnikov makes that mistake on the first goal of the game where he turns the puck over at, uh-huh. at the Rangers' blue line and they go the other way and, you know, doing a little too much. And those are going to happen. They happen to everyone. Um, but, you know, when when Martin plays smart, when Svech plays smart, um, the team is, you know, really hard to stop because when they're making the right plays, uh, you'd rather have a guy make the right play 10 times than make the wrong play 10 times and have it work out once. So, um, yeah, your point's definitely taken that I thought he, um, you know, he played with a, with a the confidence of knowing that he didn't need to do too much. Right. Like, and it's, I'm going to put it in this, in these terms for most of my life, I was, I was, I'll, I'll just say I was like a good 215 hitter socially, right? Mm-hmm. And when I stopped trying to hit the long ball, I met my wife. There you go. I stopped trying to do too much, Corey. I love, yeah, making, you I love making fun of myself and those things. You became Ichiro instead of Daryl uh, Evans. I became Tony Gwynn. <laughs> Daryl yeah. Evans, wow. Yeah. Good for yeah. you. Good. Yeah, that's a good one. You like that one, huh? Good for you. Uh, Old Tiger Stadium. Either, either uh, there was a gust blowing from a strikeout, or he was hitting one in the top deck. Well, Daryl Owen, Daryl Owens, Daryl Evans. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have this wrong. I think was the first player ever to get to 400 home runs, but not get in the Hall of Fame. Now it's, it's going to be routine because we're, you know, right. for the last 40 years we've been in a home run era, but. Uh, yeah, Evans hit 400 home runs, I believe, without uh, without making it to the hall. Uh, so that's cool. All right, now uh, final thing, and then I'll let you go. The um, the big picture now a four point lead over the Rangers. By the way, Pittsburgh lost in a shootout to the Islanders. They're only three points ahead of Washington. They are taking on water right now in Pittsburgh. Carolina, nobody's catching Florida. Florida's going to be the number one seed. They're going to be, I don't know if they're going to be the President's Trophy winner or not, but they're going to be the number one seed in the East. Carolina, if you can, they can hold on to the Metro, will be the two. Uh, a, do you think it's important? And B, what are you, uh, what chances do you give Carolina now with a four-point lead? Well, I mean, the the good news is, is you now have 47 wins uh, in, in overtime or regulation compared to the Rangers with 43. So not only do the Rangers have to catch you, they got to be ahead of you. So they're not going to finish, you know, they're not going to have four more regulation overtime wins than the Hurricanes. So I, it, certainly the Rangers could still pass the Hurricanes, I think, um, you know, depending on how things go. Carolina's still not playing great hockey right now. Right. And, uh, you know, that's understandable. It, 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 I think it's human nature to have this kind of, you know, I think they know they're not going to catch Colorado for the President's Trophy, and really, how important is that anyway? At the end of the day, and um, you know, so I think there's a little bit of that in all this. Um, and but at the same time, you're going to get back Jesperi Kokaniemi soon, and we've kind of forgotten about him. But yeah. uh, that's a that's a pretty nice addition to your to your lineup, uh, and another skill guy that uh, that can put the puck in the net from time to time. So. Um, yeah, I like their chances. I think they, I think they probably end up closing out the division. Um, the question there that comes is who do you end up playing, which is going to be, um, you know, one of probably 
Tampa, Boston, Washington, or, or Pittsburgh. And like you said, the, the Penguins aren't in a good place right now with, uh, you know, Malcolm's going to have three more games on his suspension. That doesn't help things. Right. Um, their goaltending, while it has been good this year, still has me a little skeptical. Same thing with the Capitals. I'm not in love with, with their goaltending, even though they've been they've been playing pretty well lately. Certainly played well tonight. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> so, everybody plays well against Philly, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a... Oof. Um, and then Boston, I think, kind of the same thing. Like, can you trust the goaltending a little bit? So uh, you're going to have to go through good teams no matter what. Oh, yeah. So if you end up with... If you end up with uh, Tampa in the in the first round, so be it. Um, but that's the hardest task to me. Um, I think to anyone is, is having to go through Tampa. Right. Um, but uh, I, I like I like what you know the potential matchups they have here. I think that they. I would certainly rather have any of those Boston, Washington, Pittsburgh um, than you know falling down a bit and ending up you know, like in a situation Toronto's in where they're going to, they're probably either playing Boston or Tampa and both those teams are for different reasons, nightmares. For them. Yeah. Well, Toronto, so, uh, uh, Toronto giving up goals like crazy is, uh, uh, they give up five to Buffalo tonight. Jeff Skinner with number 31, uh, yeah, in well, a, in a five, two win. The one thing you can, I mean, I, I know that people outside of Raleigh like to point at Frederick Anderson and say, Oh, well wait till the postseason. Right. You look in the Eastern Conference, uh, you know, outside of, of Shesterkin and Vasilevsky, is there really anybody that you would even begin to say has better goaltending than Carolina? I, I mean, I, I realize Pittsburgh's gotten good goaltending this year, but I I would take Carolina's tandem over theirs. Yes. Uh, and then Florida, I don't know that they even believe in their goaltending. and they They're going to try to out try to outscore their problems. Right. I know this for so. a fact that they don't. Mm-hmm. Because I spoke to a friend of ours uh, who might have a connection to the Florida Panthers, and I saw him at the uh, at the game. Who was it? Uh, who was Carolina playing? Uh, was it the uh, Buffalo game? I, I think I may have the same conversation. Yes, <laughs> and he goes, "I don't know about our goaltending." Uh, yeah, they are yeah. very concerned about that. Now they have the lineup that can outscore their problems. There, it doesn't make a difference which line they put on the ice. They could score. That is that team. Anthony Declare, by the way, went for thir- hit his thirtieth goal uh, tonight. That team is scary, scary offensively. But they might lose six five in the playoffs, which right, is what they right. did a little bit last year. You know, they did it. They mm-hmm. they they did that a few times uh, in the series against the Lightning. That they, they they just give up. Way too many goals, but uh, they've scored over 300 goals. I mean, it is just absolutely amazing. Here's a, my, my quick read on why I think the winning the division is important. It has nothing to do with matchups. It doesn't even have anything to do with home ice. It's because in order to do it, they will have to be playing well and running through the tape. And if this is... If you coast into the playoffs, it just takes your it, you lose your edge. So they have to run through the tape, and to me, that's the biggest reason why winning the division matters. I don't care who you play, no matter who you play, it's going to be hard. Whether it's Tampa 
or Boston, because I think this Boston team is better than the one the Hurricanes owned for the three meetings this season. Uh, Washington mm-hmm. is a different team again. Uh, so I just don't think it matters who you play. They're all going to be hard series. I just would rather be playing well, because I think if the Hurricanes are playing well, I think they'll be okay. I mean, they may not, you know, they might not win a cup, but I don't think they're, I don't, I don't think Carolina is easy to play against. And that's if they're playing their game, especially if, uh, if Stahl, Foss, and Niederreiter are going to play, you know, 18 minutes a night like that. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to like here. The, the, the big concern to me right now is that third pairing on defense and what you do <laughs> there. Um, cause it's been shaky lately, no matter who's there. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if you, you, you go back to putting Ethan Bear with Jacob Slavin and, and let Tony D'Angelo kind of tip that third line for the or third pair so it can be more, more offensive. Or, uh, if you just kind of ride the wave and hope that, like tonight, you you know that that pairing had had trouble tonight. The third pair that you can survive them getting hemmed in on the road and uh, and come out with wins. That's that's the uh, that's the biggest thing right now to me. That's the one chink in the armor I yeah. think that that they need to be worried about. It's funny, right before the trade deadline, or actually probably a month before the trade deadline, I was convinced that they needed a defenseman, a, t- a defenseman who could play in their top four. Um, who didn't need to play in their top four, but who could. And then they get to the trade deadline. I'm like, no, nah, man, they need a forward. They need somebody who can uh, can help put the puck in the net. And, like, the defense will be fine. And now I'm watching it. Yeah. And ev- everybody, both guys were kind of a disaster tonight, turning the puck over. And Ethan Bears really struggled the last two games. If Smith were ready to get back in, he would have gotten back in. Uh, uh, what, against... Uh, who they just play Sunday yeah, right? against the Ducks. Right, against the Ducks. Yeah, he would have played Sunday against the Ducks if he was really ready to get back in. Uh, but he wasn't, so he didn't. Uh, but, yeah, they have uh, – I don't know. It's it. I, I think you're right in that maybe pairing Bear with Slavin because ultimately the top, the top three guys are all going to play 25 minutes a night in the playoffs. Yeah, I think you're – I think that's – I think that's fair, and I think D'Angelo's probably going to play, you know, close to that too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's, the the hard part about that third pair is, I think both those guys that played tonight are good penalty killers, and uh, Ethan hasn't really shown that he can be uh, great in that role yet, and it almost comes down to okay, like can we get positive play out of enough positive play out of Ethan Bear to counteract the fact that he's not going to be able to contribute a ton on the penalty kill. So, uh, yeah, plenty to, plenty to talk about over the, over the next couple weeks. Corey Lavalette, I appreciate your time at Corey love on Twitter. The print edition has Andre Svechnikov hitting everything. Uh, and I appreciate your time always, sir. Uh, be well, see you soon. Not really much to add to what Corey and I were talking about, Um, but it's pretty clear right now that the top line and the one line, and I'm going to make that a thing, 
are driving this team. And when the top line, the Aho line, whoever is on that, Aho, Svechnikov, Teravainen, Jarvis, Natchez at times, you know, throw the names in a hat, whatever the three are. And right now, I happen to like Svechnikov, Jarvis, and Aho together. Uh, I could see uh, Jarvis going to the left side with Trocek and Natchez at some point and putting Teravainen back up top. I think you might even see that in the playoffs. Um, the Trocheck line has to get going offensively. I didn't think it was great tonight. Uh, but as long as the Ajo line is going and the stall line is doing what it's doing, which has been making life miserable for the opposition, I think Carolina is going to score enough goals to win a, win a bunch of playoff hockey games. They're a hard team to play against. When they get their forecheck going, it is absolutely murderous. And I'll go back to a game I watched where, uh, for some reason, and by the way, a lot of people ask me all the time on Twitter, how are you watching this? How are you watching this? Uh, it's called a VPN, people. You get a VPN. If you have ESPN+, Plus, uh, they think you're in Washington, D.C. or Atlanta, or wherever you want to set it, and the blackout is lifted. So that's how I've been watching Hurricanes games at home all year long. I have watched games because of the VPN. So, but I but one one night I couldn't get the the local broadcast. So I watched the game in St. Louis. And their entire pregame show and I was curious how they were going to talk about the Hurricanes. Their entire pregame show and their focus the entire game was all about Carolina's forecheck. And that game was a forechecking clinic. And it, it I think it just crystallized it for me that Carolina's game, and they showed a bunch, bunch of uh, you know advanced metrics about dump-ins and retrievals and offensive zone turnovers forced, and Carolina was first in the NHL in about five of those types of categories. And that's their game. Their game is getting pucks behind the defense and going and getting it. And they do that up and down the lineup. Even the Ajo line is good at that. The fourth line is exceptionally good at that. And, of course, the stall line is probably the best at it on the team. And th- that line is good for one, two, three uh, you know, times a game where they just live in the offensive zone. And even if they don't get a scoring chance, those are body blows. They cause they they cause problems down the road. I was on with Michael Smith during the inter, the second intermission tonight, and he asked me, "How is this? What's going to be the catalyst that will change this?" And I said, "I don't know if they'll get a goal, but it will always be started by the one line." And it happened because that that line led to the turnover, which led to Ajo to Jarvis upstairs, nasty goal, and 2-1 a minute into the third. And then that line scored, stall in the slot. I mean, sometimes it's simple. (laughs) Sometimes it's simple, and the Hurricanes don't play a complicated game. It's a game 
driven by forcing you into mistakes. And they do it very well. Uh, and again, um, winning the division, four points is nothing. Is nothing. That can be gone in two games. Carolina comes home to play Detroit. They go to Colorado, right? You don't think they could be that could be gone? I don't even know who the Rangers play in the next two, but it doesn't matter. The Rangers are excellent. Excellent. And again, I, I think the difference in today's game was the fact that the Hurricanes, in spite of being outplayed at times dramatically for 40 minutes, it was 1-1. And how many times have the Hurricanes looked at it the other way? How are we not winning this game? We have dominated the game. The game against Dallas. The other game against the Rangers, right? The game against Minnesota, which you lost outright. So many games like that throughout the year where you dominate and you're just, you're even or sometimes losing. Well, the Hurricanes survived 40 minutes, 1-1, and then came out and kicked the Rangers' rear ends all over the Madison Square Garden ice for the last 20 minutes. So uh, good stuff there. Uh, again, I'll, uh, I'll mention it one more time. But Martin Nature's played a really, really smart period. Smart third period. Maybe the best period he's played all year, and he didn't even come close to scoring a goal. And I hope, he, I hope they show him that, and I hope he learns from it that he doesn't have to try to be a star. He has a chance to be a really, really good, dangerous player if he just does the other things. And when he plays that kind of a game, the cookies will come, man. The cookies will come. Penalty kill, four for four against the second-best power play in the league. Top line, great. O-line, great. Uh, One line, great, rather. Uh, Ajo with a goal and two assists on the night. Uh, And the lead over the Rangers is four. Penguins' lead over the Capitals is down to three points. Uh, As we were wrapping this up, Dallas and... Tampa were playing uh, in Dallas, so we don't know the outcome of that. It was tied after one. I think it was scoreless after one. I said this to Corey earlier. This is the reason why you want to win the division. It isn't about the matchups. It isn't about home ice advantage. All of those things are great. It's about playing well when the playoffs hit. Don't coast. You're not going to be able to coast into the playoffs. Having to fight for it will be the best thing the Hurricanes, that could have happened to the Hurricanes, flat out. Having to fight for it will be the best thing. All right, we got to get out of here. I appreciate your time. It's the Canes Quarter Podcast. Follow us. uh, Give us a uh, rating, a review, whatever you want. Just tell us what you think. I hope you enjoy it. We're here after every Hurricanes game. You can follow the Canes Quarter Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, and then it shows up automatically in your phone. And we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Yeah, I clapped. And oh, by the way, can you hear the cicadas? We're back out on the back porch where we should have been all year long except for the 15-degree temperatures for uh, so much of January. But we're back on the back porch. I'm very excited for that, by the way. It's nice out here. Um, We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. 
Sammy Han and his crew do a great job. Free no obligation estimate online. Better your home. Uh, better its looks, its appearance, and its energy efficiency. Online, aluminumcompany.com. Talk to you after the Canes and Red Wings Thursday night. Bye. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.